1: Training Tuesday.
0: Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Bracken,
1: I'm glad you could join us today. I'm
0: happy to be here. It wasn't a given.
1: Every time you get sick, which isn't often, it is like a day or two. It's a quick, don't feel good, back to it. You're going on like a week and a half, maybe?
0: Yeah. What the heck happened to you? I don't know. This is... This is the most sick year I've had. That, that can't be a phrase. This year has had the most sickness I've ever had in my entire life since probably chicken pox as a kid. Mm. I got COVID this year and this. Usually, I don't think I've gone past 36 hours with any sort of illness in almost a decade until this and year. And this one's just rolling. Rocking me. Hey, quick question. Side
1: note. I didn't realize it is space heater season in my house. Can you hear it buzzing in the background?
0: I don't know, maybe. Maybe I'm used to it by now.
1: This is the first time I've had it on, I just realized I didn't turn it off. If it becomes an issue, we'll know after this episode. How about that? How's that yes, sound? Yes, we will. Um
0: I threw on shoes today for this one.
1: Well, thanks for formal formaling it up, I guess. <laughs>
0: to keep my feet warm, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay,
1: alright. I got crocs on. I always record in crocs. We'll peek
0: behind the curtains. I have I always I record it in super shoes. <laughs> what are you wearing? <laughs> I have the uh Puma Fast Rs, the Fasters. Why? Because I'm I'm in the, the the shoe room here and so I walk in here and I always think, oh man, it's cold. Because we have all hardwood floors and we I think we've talked about it on here. We refinish them all by hand ourselves. And because they were so old, we couldn't use the upright sanders on it, and so we ended up hand scraping the entire floor. Did I ever tell you this? Nope. Our, our downstairs floor, we hand scraped for seven and a half hours straight one day Ugh. so that we could use the, the upright sanders we had rented. You only get them for, I think we had them for 10 hours or whatever it was. So we hand scraped straight and it was the longest core workout I ever did. Just on hands and knees, scraping back and forth. I eventually cramped in my hamstrings and my stomach from just seven and a half hours of scraping anyways because of that i'm a little touchy i I think i've become just a dad like that like no shoes in the house you're gonna scratch scratch the floors (laughs) oh yeah so we don't wear shoes in our house so anyways i walk around barefoot all day and i get in here and i think oh it's cold and then the only thing in here are just the extra shoes that are laying around here that i throw up on the wall from time to time so it's almost always super shoes or trail shoes that i throw on
1: did not know that about you.
0: Our last episode, I had the Evo Jaws on, and this time I have the Puma Fasters.
1: Just while you're recording? Just in the studio?
0: Yeah, I throw them on, and I drop them back on the floor and walk back out in the house.
1: Let's start every week. Let's figure out what your footwear is. I'll enjoy that, that process, what you picked today.
0: All right. Like 70% of the time, it's barefoot. But not- if it's chilly, or if I'm just looking at a pair of shoes and think, man, I'd like to slip those on, then I throw them on.
1: We'll see if it translates to, like, how good you are that day. Like, what's your best podcasting shoe, you know? Yeah. They translate to the race course. What's the best shoe for podcasting brilliance? I uh, We have hardwood floors on top of a concrete slab, and it gets hmm. cold. So it's Bombas or Crocs. I wear Crocs everywhere. I don't care what you think of them. They are fantastic. And we are a shoe house. You can wear those babies in here. Anytime you guys come over, you're welcome to keep your shoes on. Should we move on to the topic today, Bracken? Yeah, I'm glad we've sorted this out. Yeah, me too. What are we doing today?
0: It is the buying guide. It's Christmas. It's the season, whatever season you want to call it. There's a real reason for the season and uh, the secondary reason, which is buying running gear.
1: It really is, isn't it? And I think, yeah. especially as like a spouse or a partner who maybe is or isn't into Endurance training, like their partner is, you don't even know where to start sometimes, right? Like, or or your husband or wife's or girlfriends or sister or brother's, like personal preference. You're like, I don't even know. I don't know what to get them. We're going to help you with that. We're Foolproof yeah. gifts for the runner in your life. Maybe yourself if you want to treat yourself. I mean, this is also going to be the stuff we use in combination with suggestions. So it's time. I don't know. Have we done this episode in the past?
0: I think every year we do either a winter buying guide or a Christmas buying guide. We've done gear we're using right now. This is going to be the mashup of everything. And I, I want to do something, Kirk. I want to do small ticket, medium ticket, big ticket item. Yeah. I want to give a little bit more breakdown for people. If you want to splurge on your loved one, and if that loved one is yourself, I support that. Mm-hmm. I want to give them a little bit more of a buying guide. Perfect. And we also,
1: I mean, we do talk gear, I think, as much as anything, but this isn't necessarily always going to be gear. You can think about that for a second, but I got a few thoughts as far as non-gear purchases Mm -hmm. as well. I wonder if we're
0: going to have some crossover there.
1: We might, but what, like Black Friday's coming up in two days, three days, right? And so um, take advantage while you can, because some of this stuff, man, is expensive, like If you have fully embraced the sport of running OCR, anything, all of your additional funds for most of you middle-class folk go towards this crap, traveling, (laughs) racing, gear, living and breathing it. And so now's kind of the time to ask for the things that you might not want to buy yourself or give somebody something that, you know, you can't justify buying yourself because you've already bought six pairs of shoes this year.
0: That's right. This is the time. This is the time of season where it is acceptable to splurge. And we're not saying be fiscally irresponsible, but you're going to spend your money on people either way. You're going to give your spouse or your loved one or yourself or your friend a gift. And if they're into endurance sports, you might as well give them a gift they will actually use and then a gift that they're going to use every single day and love you for for the rest of your life.
1: I'm going to say this is the time to be financially irresponsible. I'm saying go for it. Okay, I'll let that slide. Right now. And then January, you can button up your purchases and, you know, build up the cash back. Um, okay. Where do we want to start with this one? <sighs> Part of me wants to start with the non text stuff. That's what I was going to say. Non, the non-equipment stuff. Start with the things that people yeah. probably aren't thinking of off the top of their head.
0: I have two places I'd like to start with that. I think you're going to say one, so I'm going to say the other. Okay. I'm gonna start with a music subscription. I think that either Amazon Music Unlimited or Spotify Premium, something where you can you can have complete control with no advertisements over your music, over your playlists, build out workouts, so you can have your fast sl- songs, slow songs, up tempo, whatever you want, recovery playlists, and just sync them and go constantly. I think a music subscription of some sort is, and I'm going to include Audible in this uh, for audiobooks, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, something that you can pipe in through your ears to make your running experience that much better. Because we're hitting the doldrums of the year. Winter is the doldrums, and then summer is a slog when it gets really hot. And nothing gets me out for a run better than having an audiobook queued up or having the right playlist to match my mood.
1: I don't know a runner who doesn't listen to something now while they run at some point during the week. There's a few, like, and I will rarely choose to go out with something. And I know there's others out there, and there's a few rare ones still left, I think. But you can't really go wrong with choosing uh, something that goes into people's ears and makes it better. Like I still put up with my Pandora ads, for example, and it's also random selection most of the time. If somebody bought me a, a premium upgrade for that, mm-hmm. I would of course appreciate that and start making my playlist. I'm just not gonna do it myself. I can listen to an ad every nine minutes, whatever. But I'd be like, heck yeah, thank you. It would make sense for me. So I like that yep. idea.
0: Wasn't on my list. Good job. In Audible, the the uh, a real like the premium audible subscription comes with credits each month. And I feel like running is the perfect style of sampling books. So even if you get a crappy book, who cares? It just takes your mind. It's like having a running partner there with you. And then you get a, a credit or two and it builds up. You just choose a new book each month. So it kind of helps pay for itself. And a regular person just choosing a book is going to get pissed off if it sucks. If it gets you through three long runs a month, who cares? So it's, yeah. I, I think that kind of thing is perfect for... And and, and I do want to... We touched upon it in the uh, two episodes, I think, but in the past... There's this fallacy that real runners don't listen to things when they run. That's nonsense. Nonsense. All Olympians, you see them with headphones in. Real runners just run. That's it. That's when you're a real runner. So listen to whatever it takes to get you through. So this is a great gift for someone. Bingo. Well,
1: mine is going to be subscription-based as well, the first one I'm going to jump into. Um, I absolutely think that the... Um paid version of Strava is worth every single penny. Yep. And from who I follow and who follows me on there, uh, I'm gonna say less than half actually have the upgraded, like the premium or subscribe version. People are still rocking the free version. The amount of knowledge I have gained from the back end of my Strava data, like it's not called a suffer score, but I call it a suffer score. Uh, used to maybe be called a suffer score. like used to be. And
0: then they got rid of it, which I approve of.
1: I approve of that as well. But like I can't always understand like putting together the puzzle to make a picture. Like in my head, even if I have a physical log, well, I go back in my shrave. It says this is the damage Monday caused. This is what went from a cardiac output standpoint, from a metabolic standpoint and trends over time. You can go back years and figure out, you know, I'll be tired and i'll be like well no kidding your strava score was in the 500s two weeks in a row that's way beyond whatever you've done now i can actually based on past trends know when to back off ahead of time so i taper into a race well or hit a workout like i can almost predict it much better than i ever could because of the back-end metrics of strava and it's all upgraded since the pay version and if you're not on it you're missing out and if your loved one is not on it get them on it it is a huge training tool. And it's like, what, 79 bucks a year, maybe 100 bucks a year. I forget, $59.
0: 69 if you pay up front or something like I that?
1: forget. But, like, get that, write it on a dumb little card and be like, Strava upgrade subscription. Ask them if you don't know, if they have it. But um, fantastic training tool worth every penny in my eyes. Somebody get a subscription to the Strava paid version.
0: I support all that. I was the person probably a year and a half ago, I ranted against them upgrading uh, the price point, it was free for everything. And then they made it for, uh, paid for the same features and they added a few more. I was very, very mad that I had to pay to get the features I already had. And I pouted about it and then I ranted about it on this podcast. And then I bought it the next day after you talked me into it. And mm-hmm. I haven't regarded it once since. And I actually had a couple people reach out and said, Hey, let me just buy you this subscription. <laughs> I said, too late sucker. I just bought it last night. Mm-hmm. But if they had done that for me, that would have been such a great gift. So yep. I appreciate that like that thought, it hit home to me right away. That's someone taking interest in your craft. And that training log on there is probably the best training log I've seen in terms of intuition and ease of use. And now you can go back in your training log and search by keyword. And that is so huge. I'm trying to find a race I did to match an elevation profile or a workout I did, and I just type hill in. And any workout I've ever written with the word hell in it pops up it's just it's so easy so i think it's absolutely worth it
1: um i'm gonna confess something and i'm i'm very tentative to do so right now and i think you're gonna be upset with me do you have an idea what i'm about to say
0: i think you're gonna say you're getting away from your your rate your written training log
1: I haven't written in my training log in six months because I feel the back end of Strava has taken care of it for me. I make some private notes you can make in there, which the world can't see. Uh, I hate to say it because I'm a paper and pen guy with everything, but they just nailed it enough where I don't. So I almost feel like a little bit I'm stabbing us both in the back here because... I bet I have years of logs, but that's how good I think the back end of Strava is. Nobody hate me for that, yeah. by the way.
0: It's actually easier to find your old workouts on Strava than it is in a notebook these days because yep. you can sort quick. And, and I will say that the only downside to it is I don't know, and maybe someone can answer this or maybe I just need to do a little research, but I don't know if, if you choose to be done with Strava. Shava Premium, if you can access your old logbook. Good question. Can you export that out in a file and then have it? If you can't, that sucks. But if you can, there's, I mean, it's it's now, I think, the best option. Yep. All right. That was my pitch there. So that was my other, I saved that one because I assumed we were both thinking it. So that's, I said I have two. That was my other one. So okay. I'm ready to move on from subscriptions.
1: I'm not. Oh, get somebody you love on the running public training plan oh my goodness yes yeah. and offer it to them for a year it's 20 bucks a month that's 240 bucks for the year that's a, or give them six months or whatever it is and get them on hey I know like you're into training give it a try and a little preview folks we are going to be having more offerings on the running public training plan we're gonna have an OCR version and a pure run version coming up little preview little bomb dropped there so they're gonna have an option they're not into OCR who cares we're gonna have a, a version that we're gonna be able to split this up um, maybe launching what after the first of the year we're hoping bracken but yes. point, point being is um, give them a subscription to our plan if somebody's willy-nilly training or they don't even know they don't know what they're missing until maybe they try it somebody listens to the podcast um, get them a subscription to the training plan easy enough make a note to cancel it after three months six months whatever you feel makes the most sense and then the same goes this is material but um we get a few gifts like our t-shirts as gifts um also just a really good option that is material possession but subscription based i think the running public training plan is a really good idea if you're scratching your head and you have a runner in your life um i can't believe you didn't think about that bracken
0: i guess i'm just too altruistic kirk i just never think about us uh-huh. Just always thinking about the world, but maybe this is adding to the world. I think, oh, not to get too far down our own rabbit hole of our <laughs> our uh, ecosystem here, but I think there can't possibly be a cheaper plan out there that offers more. There's no possible way there's a cheaper plan that offers this much out there. So if you're gonna buy a plan for someone, anyways, it might as well be this. It's too comprehensive.
1: Yep. Okay. Now I've said I said I had two. Those are my two. Oh, I have. I have one other thing. I'm sorry. One or two other things. These could fit either way. But uh, one, uh, purchasing like a yearly race pass for. This is expensive. If somebody uh, in your life loves Spartan racing, um, buy them the trifecta pass or some sort of, you know, some sort of pass that will get them into races without the financial. It's very burden, so to speak. That's very nice for a lot of people, especially if who you're thinking of is watching their budget pretty tight. Getting them in the door that way is kind of huge. Um, Yeah. And then also, like, Bracken got me for Christmas last year, which I feel like a huge dick still, is a, a running warehouse gift certificate to let them buy. Like, we are all shoe nerds in this industry. And yes, again, this is sort of bordering on the material side of things, but, like, getting them... Uh, I like running warehouse because of the return shipping label included. But just get them a gift t- to let them spend it on what they want. Um, works like every time. That's so a good option. So I guess those are kind of in between materialistic yeah. and subscription based. But those two I wanted to plug real quick.
0: Yeah, gift cards always work because a it's flexible and b it allows you to spend money without guilt. I don't think I'm, you know, coming up with anything groundbreaking here. But with shoes. One of the issues is, what if I don't love them? What if I don't need them? What if they're just because I want them? Well, I don't need to spend on that. Especially if you're part of someone else's financial household. But a gift card? Yeah, go. Out. what did you do? You bought your first pair of super shoes with them. Loved them. That's not something you were going to dip into, but why not? Let's try it. And then it turned out, you're an addict.
1: I really am. You started a problem is what you did. Actually, Sneaks I only have two pairs, I only have two, two, uh, two pairs no, of super shoes. No, you're not an addict on that.
0: You could go out for a tempo without them if you wanted to. I did. I have. Recently. Yeah, very proud of myself. All right. So the last thing in that vein then I'd like to say is running big races or FKTs or well-known segments uh, oftentimes requires travel. And if you're someone who is not single, it is a very guilt-ridden endeavor to try to squeeze those things in when you are on a trip with other people. My example for that is I wanted to run Rim to Rim in Arizona this year, and I just couldn't make the time work. Anyway, I, I, uh, I looked at it, I was going to be taking too much time away from family time and from visiting the people we were supposed to be visiting. And it just, I was so close to the Grand Canyon and I couldn't access it because we couldn't make the logistics work. So what I would say is if you have a runner in your life who you know has a big audacious goal, give them a racecation. Give them a trip. Say, hey, let's have a getaway, but let's make this one be about a run. Because usually people don't want to do that because they don't want to feel selfish. Give them that gift. If you two are going to get away no matter what anyway, say, let's get away. And on the first day or on the last day, let's do this big run. And just go out. No guilt. No pressure. Just Know that I'm planning for this. I'm going to be in the hotel waiting, and you just take as long as you need to on that run. That could be a really priceless gift for a runner in your life.
1: It's true. Time is the, the hardest thing to come by. And yeah. if you allow somebody the time to do an adventure they've talked about, whatever that may be, hit a trail, hit a who knows what it is to, to your point. I love that idea. Making them do yeah. it. Forcing them into it. You've always talked about it. You've been talking about it. Let's do it. Love
0: it. Pike's Peak was always something that was a hassle. I always needed to run it or wanted to run it, but you either have to take the train back down or you have to have someone willing to spend four or five hours of their day driving to meet you. And when someone just says, hey, you need to go do it, I'll be waiting at the top, that's a whole lot easier on your lifestyle. So something like that. Do it for the runner in your life.
1: I love it. All right, should we should we go into material possessions of sorts? And do we want to categorize this in any way or do we just want to start flinging, flinging arrows?
0: Let's just start with a watch, Kirk. Okay. Now, you and I are pretty, pretty simple with our watches. We both say just get a Garmin Forerunner, any of them, and you'll be fine. But we all also both uh, own the Phoenix, right? Which is like a laptop for your wrist. So, where, how do you want to start about recommending? Should we go small ticket, b- medium ticket, big ticket?
1: Sure. I mean, I think people are still there's a lot of runners who are now becoming like very infused the running is infused in their life who are still running apple watches and it secretly really irks me because they don't they don't know the simplicity and the features that they're missing out on by transitioning to a just a running or activity watch um yeah that isn't a touch screen for example um so the person you know who's still rocking the apple watch I would heavily, you can dip their toes into the other water by just transitioning them over to like a Sunto or a Garmin. Um, so switching, uh, switching, it's just my opinion, getting rid of the Apple Watch and moving over to an actual running watch. And I know Apple Watch labels themselves, I believe, as still like a an activity watch, right? But it's not the same.
0: No. In fact, they just came out with their new sport specific model and it's so much better than it used to be but it's still not it's still not a garmin still not one of those that has been in the industry making this for years so i would say entry level small ticket item it's not super small but the lowest level garmin forerunner watch is the watch that everyone could get by on
1: forerunner 230
0: there's a 230 there's also like a 45 uh, they, they, there's one notch below that. Double digit, it's their cheapest. Triple digit works from twos up to nines, 945, I think, 935. Mm-hmm. Um, anywhere, if it says Forerunner on it, I would happily use it every day of the year. Yep. You can get it under
1: $200. If you pair a cheap, and by cheap, least expensive Garmin Forerunner option with an external heart rate monitor, with Strava and they're all linked together, that does everything for you that a thousand dollar watch could do. If you come almost, almost, almost on the running front, you're going to get all the data you need. And the watch is the least, I feel like, like you get a good watch. It connects to a good GPS signal. And then you get an external heart rate monitor for 70 bucks and you connect them to Strava and you're, you have a, you don't need the fanciest watch by any means. It's right. going to do everything it needs to.
0: I agree. So then mid ticket, I would say we have a new entry, the Koros Pace Two. Koros is a watch brand that kind of was an upstart brand, and their first watch was intriguing, but their second round of their watches are kind of astounding. To the point where my next watch might be the Koros Pace Two, not a new uh Forerunner, if and when I need it. They do pretty much everything that the Forerunner does but it's lighter and it has a little bit better battery life and it has a few interesting intuitive features that garmin's not using right now so that would be my new mid-tier watch offering
1: what's the cost on that i think
0: uh you can get it right around 230 okay they have upgraded and they have one a little bit cheaper but the corals pace 2 i should look this up as we speak but i want to say it's right around 220 230 okay
1: so you're considering 230 mid range because you can get a Garmin Forerunner like the 45 or whatever like that you can get for like 100 bucks, 120 bucks, right? The Forerunner 230 for like 200?
0: Yeah, I think one one to 170 is low, and two to three is mid, and then big boy would be upper.
1: And watches are worth every penny, every yep. penny. Anybody who upgrades their watch is like, how did I, how did I do this? before I had this watch because the features are just fantastic. I run a Garmin Fenix six and everything from swimming to rowing, to assault bike, to Nordic skiing, classic to Nordic skiing, skate style to elliptical, to weight training, to, I could just go on rock climbing. Everything has a feature that I can plug in and record. It can record laps, uh, in a swimming pool and knows when you turn around, it can record strokes per minute on the rower or the ski erg. It's like, absolutely fantastic i can get lost in the middle of nowhere and pull up my map and it will show me how to get out it's absolutely astounding the battery life on mine when i charge it 14 days and i use it it's like two weeks i can get out of my anyways that's a fenix six that's a six hundred dollar watch but i can't i would buy it i had one for two months ripped off in a race i'm like i need it so i'm just gonna buy another one like that's how important i blew over a thousand bucks on watches in two months
0: I just checked the Coros Pace Two. You can get for a hundred for under two hundred now on Amazon right now. It's on awesome. sale. But two forty nine is their high end, uh, the starting point of like the, their Molly Seidel edition for the Pace Two. So between one ninety and two forty.
1: Is Molly Seidel kind of the one that is that the poster child for Coros?
0: Uh, on the U.S. side, yes. But Eliud Kipchoge is that uh, was their first athlete. He was the one that kind of launched with them on this. Nice whatever that's worth any
1: other watches you want to bring up high ticket item go with like a garmin forerunner 935 or 945 what the upper yeah. what the upper level watches do like these are high ticket item that people don't want to buy for themselves the garmin forerunner 935 or 945 or the fenex 6 there's higher end suntos i just don't i don't use them so i don't know enough about the backing
0: yeah Sunto's always been a little buggy I just don't trust them. There's too many issues with them, with their, their, uh, firmware, but that, and I'm going to say Phoenix cause I think it sounds cooler. Okay. So that Garmin Phoenix, I have the five and it's the watch to rule them all. They've gotten smaller. They've gotten a little lighter. Mm -hmm. Maybe not smaller, but they've gotten lighter. And they make an S version of it where it is smaller. It's the woman's one. That's what I have, obviously. Mm -hmm. And you can see your real-time place on a map as you run. You can follow. You can lay breadcrumbs. You can put out a a route for you to follow, and it gives you turn-by-turn directions. It can get you out of the the woods or the mountains when you're lost. It has all-day, all-night battery. It tells you real time how high up in the altitude you are. It's just if you wanted one thing only to be in a you know any style of run you could ever want, that's the one to get
1: yeah, and I think the biggest thing on the upgrade is the built in altimeter, which people don't realize how much they love until they do it, which until they have it, which is real time. It tells you how much vert you're gaining, so as a coach, I say. Let's do 300-foot gain intervals. Find a trail with a steepish grade. Let's go up 300 feet hard and turn around, back, recover. Yeah. You can actually just, like, know exactly what you're doing in real time. My goal today is to get 4,000 feet of vert on my long run. Well, you don't have to guess. You just look at your watch, and it'll tell you exactly how much you've gained or like in real time. That's really what you're – that altimeter is what you're paying for. Like, half of that extra price bump is purely for that altimeter built right into that thing. And it's – I can't yeah. do it without now.
0: Yeah, and, and then for the ultra crowd or the FKT crowd, putting in your intended route file on there and being able to follow it when you get out in places where it's not always easy to tell which ridge you're supposed to be running and what, and what descent down you're going to take, it is priceless. I used it out in Arizona a little bit on uh, a trail that had a million different offshoots. I just said, all right, I'm going to try this. And I loaded one up and it just showed me where to go. It was really nice. They worked nice huh? I told you the, the correct turns, and yeah there was it's the kind of thing where I would have had to get to it stop, pull my phone up, and then zoom in on a map and try to find a route, or I could just look down and it gives me, it gives you a pretty, pretty good uh, turn by turn direction. Could you still miss a turn if you were flying? yeah, but it was shockingly good so you pull up your map because I haven't used the function on mine because we still don't have that access
1: to terrain here, so you pull up your map. And so the map is facing on your on your watch, that's what's pulled up. And you can just see the highlighted route and your progression on that route and it'll be you'll see the split in the trail, but the left is highlighted, for example, and you just continue to follow and it updates as you go. Is that correct?
0: You can have that. You can also have turn by turn where it'll say like it'll show a a right turn arrow in two hundred meters. Oh nice. It'll give you updates and you can also just do which i did one day is i just had the topo map up and it shows the trail system snaking off there and i knew i wanted to stay on the main one so as you come up to it it has like a softer gray line for the for the the branch offs and a darker for the one i wanted to be on and it was that day i just followed it based off that so you have many different options you can have but yeah if you put it in there to tell you how you know you can you can set how often you want to be reminded and what the what the the reminder interval is going to be? It's it's pretty pretty awesome. I love that. It's not as good as driving in a GPS, but <laughs> it's the next best thing.
1: Okay, yeah, I haven't played with that feature, but I know it exists. Let's drop to the opposite. because I feel like watches are sexy. I think we should fi-
0: finish it off with heart rate oh. monitor. Okay. Which will be quick. Yeah, because you want to pair a watch with a heart rate monitor. Go ahead. Well, if you do have to do a chest strap, Kirk and I don't use chest straps really. Um, I think you can't go wrong with anything. Go with um, Polar, go with Garmin, go with MyZone. I mean, it doesn't really matter. If you go armband, it's getting to the point where it doesn't really matter either. Mm-hmm. We have we both have the Wahoo Ticker Fit. There is uh, the Polar OH1, and I believe they have a new one as well. And I've been using the MyZone again. Um, mm. But re- really just find a... There's the Skosh um Rhythm. find a armband and go with it that's the cheapest and easiest for most people but yeah the big upgrade is the fancy garmin where it has the tri bundle and you have a strap for swimming and a strap for running and a strap that's stretchier and an expander strap it's got all the bells and whistles but it doesn't record heart rate any better than anything else
1: yeah the days of chest straps for me are long gone they're so uncomfortable they slide down most people struggle with that um People don't know what they're missing until they put the arm. Like, I just stopped wearing my chest strap because it was just like, I hate it. I don't even care what my heart rate is. It's not worth it. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just wasn't. And then, per your suggestion, the Wahoo ticker fit, I got fed up. And and I think you were wearing it one day when we got together on a run. I switched over. I was like, I, why have I not? Like, you'll never go back. Why have I not done this before? And yeah, all the technology is pretty much there. And the question, will it pair with my watch? Like they all pair with everything at this point. Like everything pairs with everything. And it's very simple to set up. The instructions are in there. So don't worry about getting the right one for the person's watch. We're at that point in human society where everything pairs with everything. So it's no problem. Don't worry about that.
0: And I find the armband easier to use because there's a tangible off on button and a battery indicator. Mm-hmm. A chest strap, you never know if it's on or off or if it's dead. That's true. Until you just can't get it to connect. And you're staring at your treadmill I'm like, what in the world? And you, I flip it over and pour more water on it and put it back on and jump up and down. It's just you, you don't exactly know what's going on with the armband. It's flashing when the battery's low. You have to hold the button on to turn it on, and it usually beeps. Like it, it gives you tangible feedback on what you need to do. So even though the battery doesn't last as long, because you're aware of that, you keep it recharged. Where with the heart rate strap, how many? And it may only happen two or three times a year, but it always happens right when you need it. You realize it's not connecting. This thing's got to be dead, and there's no quick switch on that in the moment.
1: Yeah, my Wahoo Ticker fit like it just started doing this on its own. Like I'll hop on my Nordic Track to run and. It just syncs itself up with my Nordic track and my heart rate shows up in real time on that. And my watch, it's the most bizarre thing. These things are too smart for their own good. Like, I did not program yep. that into my Nordic track. It just knows when I'm using it. Jess will get on there. It'll connect to hers. It's, like, pretty wild.
0: Nice. I like it. Yeah. All right, now we can move on.
1: Least sexy end of the spectrum. Socks. Now, most runners don't realize what they're missing out on, Until they get their first pair of legit high-end running socks. Somebody can't justify paying $25 a pair for socks. Like, most people cannot do that. That's absurd. But it's not absurd. If you've done it and you realize, like, how fantastic they feel, how they somehow stick to your foot and the shoe, but they're also soft but also responsive, and how they last – um how they wick sweat and water it's absolutely one of the best christmas purchases for somebody because people aren't going to spend that money on themselves at least not as an experiment so yep. high end running socks the ones that you're like 20 bucks for a pair of socks 25 they can get up to 30 bucks yep and you'll i blew 200 bucks on swiftwick socks a month or two ago because like <laughs> it was just time and i was like this is going to hurt, but I know it's it's probably, one, going to cost me the same in the long run because they last, and two, I'm just happier. It makes every shoe work better with your foot. That sounds silly to say, but it does. The sock is your contact point with the shoe inside. And so you have a shoe that has the little grippies in the right area and the way the arch is held and the right material. It's just like as important as your damn shoe for comfortability. Socks.
0: And I think... For me, now I've run in many, many brands. And, and these socks are like anything else in this world where everyone's going to swear by something different. But I've run in most of the major brands of socks. And I have it down to now, there are three brands of socks that stand out. And all the rest are interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So the first one is Swiftwick. Kirk and I are both Swiftwick most of the time. If I'm racing, I'm probably in Swiftwick. Mm-hmm. That's just... The best performance sock. It retains the least amount of water. It dries quickly. It's kind of indestructible. And they grip the bottom of the insole of my shoe better. I don't know what it is. They just don't slide as much. And I don't blister in them. So Swiftwick, if I could only run in one sock ever, it'd be Swiftwick.
1: Which model? I get just the most expensive premium one. I'm like, I'm just going to get that one. And I've never looked back.
0: I get the Aspire. Swiftwick aspire that's their thinnest one i prefer thin socks but i've had i don't know if it's called their nexus or something like that i've had their cushion i still have a pair of one of their cushion socks but i get the aspire i i have the zero i have the two i have the seven i have the 12 he's talking about the
1: inch of the sock coming up on his leg They have like
0: the no show. Yeah, they add the inches after the sock name. So, Swiftwick Aspire Zero, that is no show sock. Swiftwick Aspire 12 is up over the calf compression.
1: 20 bucks a piece for like the no show or the low ones, I believe. 15 to 20.
0: Yeah, you can find them as low as like 11 on online, and you expect to pay 17 to 20 retail.
1: I buy their thin socks as well. Whatever I get is thin. Those are my warm season. Swiftwick, you just cannot go wrong. They are so fantastic. And then um, for cold season, I've been doing like a two or three, two to four inch um, Darn Tough. Darn Tough makes really yep. good gear for the winter stuff. It's a thin wool, like a merino wool sock. And again, the price point on these things are like 20 bucks. <clears throat> Um, but once you have a couple pairs for the winter, you want them to come up and meet your tights, you know, so there's not like a little ankle gap from like a shorter sock. Um, the, the, and they make different thicknesses. You don't need to go that thick cause that Merino wool is really nice. Um, so the darn tough, um, higher end wool socks made for running are fantastic or hiking even it's really tomato, tomato, but, um, so that's what I'm running in the winter on the colder days.
0: Yep, same. And it's the that's my second sh- uh, brand that mm-hmm. separated itself. Darn tough. A, they just last. They're comfortable. They don't have that itchy feeling that you associate with wool. They also have a Cool Max version. I believe it's Cool Max, but it's a little bit more synthetic. So you can get the blend or the standard Merino wool. But if I'm needing to uh, have a little bit more temperature regulation in there, that's what I use. And the best part, the reason that I think they've really separated is that every sock is guaranteed for life. If it ever rips, you send it back and they replace it. So even though it's an investment, it's really not. I guess $24 a lot for a sock, yeah, but not if you're buying it for the rest of your life. And they honor it, no questions asked. It's an actual investment on that end.
1: What's your third brand?
0: And then the third brand is Injinji. If you want toe socks, you go with Injinji, And they've started making thinner socks. I have a liner version. I wear that in winter sometimes. They have no show. They have over the calf. I fly every time I fly longer than probably two hours. I'm wearing in gingy up over my calf compression socks. It's non-negotiable for me. So those are the three brands. If you need toe socks, go in gingy. If you want one sock for the rest of your life, darn tough. And if you want just the best sock you've ever worn, Swiftwick.
1: Say the working man sock is still mud gear. Um, Yeah. They're thicker. They don't make a thin version, but mud gear, like my mud gear socks just last forever. Like, I use them for seasons. Yep. My best season so far in the U.S. National Series, even in the middle of summer, I was wearing my Mudgear, you know, socks. They just, they last. They're just built tough. And so, and they're a little lower price point. Still not cheap. But Mudgear, like, working man socks, those things just survive. And I really like yes, that they do. about them. So, I'm I'm a fan. We used to be supported by Mudgear. Haven't been for years. Um, but I still... I still have pairs of their socks in my rotation from years past that still do the job. So, big so do I. So, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: like thick socks, but when I need a thicker sock, skiing, or like when I went to the Packer game last year in the middle of December, I had uh, I put on the Nginji liner sock and I threw mud gear right over the top.
1: Yeah. They do the trick. Um, all right. I'll leave it to you. Call your shot. What do you want to move to next?
0: Ooh, let's do the other thing that people never knew what they were missing until they got a running specific version. And I'm going to say a jacket. Okay. So there are basically two types of jackets that a runner could ever need. One is a wind stopper and one is a rain jacket. And you can get one that doubles, but generally the better your rain jacket is, the less you want to wear it because you don't want to ruin it. But we always start with the Patagonia Houdini. I've tested out a few more jackets this year, and I keep coming back to you. There's no better bang for the buck than the Patagonia Houdini.
1: We deserve residuals for that jacket. Yeah, we do.
0: I ran this morning,
1: just under 12 miles outside. The real feel was 4- 14 degrees, and the Patagonia Houdini is paper thin. Like, act- not exaggerating, it's actually paper thin. All I had was one merino wool, thin. Merino wool long sleeve underneath it. And then that Patagonia Houdini just traps body heat like something I've never experienced. And it breaks the wind completely. It's just the best. I wear it in the coldest winter days on the outside because it does such a good job of turning your upper body into an incubator. And so they make these heavy running jackets. They make one. And those all work great. But in my opinion, just layering something underneath the Patagonia Houdini or another thin shell... Is the best way to stay warm in the winter. Is sub zero same thing? Put two merino wool long sleeves underneath it. It's going to do the trick because you're going to turn your upper body, like I said, into a little hot bath, into a sauna. It works. So it's just the best bang for your bucks. Hundred bucks. You can find some for what seventy nine on sale.
0: Uh, there's they're always on. That's the thing. They're always on sale. There's always a website. I think REI has some for thirty nine or forty nine right now. Oh, it's a steal. And they're not always the size you want, but they, they somewhere always they're under hundred bucks. And that's the type of price point where you don't mind throwing it in your pack. Throw it in your pocket. Who cares if you rough it up a little bit? Maybe I need it, maybe I don't. It's the type where if you want to wear it on a nasty trail or a mountain race where you might hit trees, you don't care. It's not a $500 jacket that if you rip it, you're really pissed off about. It's just the do-all jacket. It's got a little bit of water resistance to it. I've worn it in the rain. It's fine. It's not great, but in a in a in a light rain, you're gonna do okay. It's just the if I could only have one jacket for non extreme weather, that's the one I'm bringing.
1: And last thing, we just kissed this jacket's butt, but for good reason. I wore that yeah. jacket in Tahoe in 2019, where it was in the teens up on top of the mountain with what 20 30 mile an hour winds. You were up there not racing, so you yep. know how miserable it was um i wore that jacket in the swim this water's what 40 degrees there i kept the jacket on for the swim swam got out then we descended like two three miles into the festival area by the time i got to the bottom my jacket was bone dry and it i was warm again and that's descending that's not going uphill really getting to work it just dries itself off quick Even if you like, it does rain while you're running or you do sweat through it. Like it just, it's just like, I don't know what it's made of. I don't even really care. It just like works. Yep. So that's uh, my last shout out to that jacket.
0: So then if you want to go up one more notch, another layer of warmth, another layer of waterproofness, I like the outdoor research jacket, the helium jacket. They have the helium, they have the helium air, they have a whole line of helium. If it says helium on it, it's kind of like, like the jacket from uh, Patagonia, the Houdini is the best bang for your buck all around windbreaker. This is the best bang for your buck all around uh, rain and elements jacket or pants they make. They make, uh, who, um, what's it called, helium everything. I think there's a helium hat, There's might be helium mittens, but... The Outdoor Research Helium line is the best you can get without paying hundreds and hundreds for waterproofing. So I got Lisa a jacket, um, an Outdoor Research Helium, two winters ago for Christmas, and she wore it yesterday. She ran down by Lake Michigan, and it was probably, like you said, like 12, 14 degrees and a windy, and you're warm the whole time. So that's that. that's that mid-ticket item, I would say, for being able to handle more water and more cold.
1: Yeah, I like that. I will say if you're going to buy like a traditional running jacket and there are great running jackets out there, like just whatever running jacket of your choice, I have a number of them just through being on the Spartan pro team over the years, some craft ones, which I wear. And I like Mm. the key to like a regular running jacket. That's made out of like material. We'll call it is having like the trunk of the jacket is like of a windbreaker material, even though the arms are like of a soft you know, movable mm-hmm. material. So whatever you go with, like craft makes some great ones. I know a number of companies do But, like get a jacket in which almost acts as like, like a vest in the front. Like it's blocks the wind for your trunk and then lets the arms move freely without that like harder material. I find myself gravitating towards those jackets. They do a really good job of keeping you warm. Um, I have two craft options. Um, and, uh, so for whatever that's worth, just make sure you, you, you angle towards that option because it uh, having that trunk blocked makes a big, big difference. And having the arms free is really nice. And so a lot of jackets mm-hmm. look that way now, but um, just something to keep your eye on.
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. All right, do you have a high-end recommendation, a big-ticket item?
1: For a jacket or for something else?
0: The best in waterproofing and all that. No, because I don't buy them. Okay. Do you? I would say Shake Dry is probably like the Ferrari of jackets. If you type in shake dry, you're gonna find a lot of different things. Um, it's by Gore, Gore Shake Dry, I believe. But they have an R3 and R5 and R7. You know, it scales like anything else. But you could pay, you could pay $700. Is that meant for biking or running, or is it dual purpose? They have both. They have both. Yeah, but it is just, it's literal shake dry. Every water that hits it, every drop, it beads up on there, and it just cannot penetrate. And you just shake the jacket, and it all flings off. That's why they call it shake dry. But it is delicate. It is not the jacket you want to go rock climbing with that's if you're going to be contacting the wall at all. But if you just need something that's not going to get wet, shake dry is the way to go.
1: Hmm. I found Gore a few years ago. I have some of their compression tights that I really like. But I know they're maybe a bike hmm. specialty company as much as run, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, and they've got it all. I'm just trying to see what what you could pay. I mean, you can pay five six hundred dollars for these jackets.
1: Are they thin and light and?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. They're like a stripped down. All you need is is uh is waterproofing and breathability. Hmm. You're not going to get big pockets. You're not going to get a whole lot of things, but it's going to keep you dry.
1: Most people probably just hit the treadmill in those circumstances. Right. Hmm. Um. Hats are overlooked. You got any thoughts on hats?
0: Yeah, uh I love the Boco running hat. I don't think anyone who ever got a Boco hat would be disappointed. They have their vent mesh hats, I believe they're called vent mesh, and they're just the most breathable hat I've ever worn. And as someone who has to wear a hat because he doesn't have hair and so the sun and the deer flies ravage me. I don't like to overheat. I don't want to wear a hat in the middle of summer and just be hot the whole time and miserable. So the Boco hat is perfect for that. And then I have a Solomon uh, waterproof running hat as well. And mm. that is what I wear on days when it is cold and rainy, throw it on on there and it just beads up and runs off and I don't freeze to death.
1: Yeah. I, um, second all of that. I, uh, I was thinking more winter hats because this is the one place where I don't think you need to spend a lot of money. Nope. Like your hat, unless it's extreme conditions and you need to be in like mask territory. Um, hats i take it all hats like as long as they somewhat cover your ears ish like i've had good luck with five dollar hats and fifty dollar hats and sometimes those expensive hats i don't like even as much because they're just like too rigid and don't work um so that's the one spot where like i don't know if you need to spend a lot of money but there are some running public uh, stocking caps dropping soon. and be a good option. Right in the sweet spot there. Not cheap, not expensive. Just get right the running in the public wheelhouse. hats. And they're good-looking hats, too.
0: Yeah, same thing with gloves. I wear as many 99-cent or free-race gloves as I do nice gloves. But when it's truly cold, having a wind barrier or a water-resistant or waterproof barrier is very clutch. Again, outdoor research is my go-to for some of these things. They just do it well and you don't break the bank most of the time. But I have some of their mittens from when it's truly cold. Lisa has a pair of their Merino mittens. They're fantastic. But uh, something with a shell really, really is helpful for winter running.
1: Yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, give us, let's give it a 10 minute limit. Let's try to make this 60 minutes. So like rapid fire, anything you can think of that has been a game changer for you or things that Um, cross your mind. I have one right off the top. Do it. I switched over to an arm pocket armband for my phone. And I don't know why I haven't used the brand arm pocket before I was buying these cheap cases that would break at the seams. That's
0: the name arm pocket arm pocket.
1: Oh, you just put in your model of your phone. They have option like multiple options per model of phone. What do you need it to hold? What do you not um they are fantastic arm pocket um i got one for my iphone 13 it's just the way it sits the way it velcros the quality of the material how much you can sweat in it it can get rained on they sit comfortably they're not too big or bulky you can determine what you want in it the brand is arm pocket you don't appreciate a good phone holder until you have one i don't know why i didn't just spend a few more bucks and get an arm pocket phone holder for my music earlier Fantastic. Arm pocket. Go right to their website and it'll guide you through the options, how to, you know, build it.
0: Well, I'm the opposite. I can't stand uh, arm holders. I am all about waistbands and belts. And they make them as well. Arm pocket
1: does make them. Oh, they do? Yep,
0: correct. Okay. So I think that the best waistband is the naked running belt. Hmm. It is wider than typical, although they make a narrow one now. But it's the lightest. It has the most breathable mesh to it, and the stretchiest at the same time. And so I think that's the. If you're just gonna get one, that's the one to get. Although Solomon has a has a pulse belt, and they also have a newer one. It might be their Sense Pro belt. Uh, any of those. Any of those waist belts are fantastic. But my favorite overall waistband is still the uh the Nathan Vapor Car <laughs> waist belt. But anyway, something that that fits snug but not too snug, your phone just disappears onto it. I put it in the small of my back, and it's fine. So that's that's what I think. And I can clip my keys in there and not have to worry about losing those.
1: You don't get any bouncing, your phone?
0: I get no bounce.
1: Okay, that's good. That's I the mean, thing.
0: minimal. I don't know if anything on earth is truly no bounce. The closest, closest to no bounce is that Vapor Cryer waistband because you can cinch it down and back. I've done 5K time trials with that on, and I stopped noticing the phone after, you know, five or ten steps. But uh, the naked belt's pretty solid. I like it. Once in a
1: while, I will put one around my waist. Um, And, like, this arm pocket comes with a waist attachment, so you can just either put on the big strap or put on the short strap for your arm, and it's that simple. That's interesting. Um, So, yeah, I I think I ordered the waist attachment uh, as extra, but... um,
0: Arm pocket waist strap. I'm going to have to look that up. Mm -hmm. So this uh, Vapor Krar, they replaced it with, I think, the, the, I don't know, some other version of it, but I don't like it as much, but I have two of them because Mike Ferguson didn't like his or didn't use his as much. So I traded it for an Ultra or an Ultimate Direction belt that I had. Mm -hmm. And when my brother was in town, we were doing a time trial together and I let him use it. And afterwards he said... I'm getting one of these. I've never had a phone disappear like this before on a run, so he has that one of mine
1: now. I'll get it back.
0: Luckily, I had two. What other things come to mind? Um. Okay, I had a an epiphany this past year of running, which is that waist lights are so much better than headlights, headlamps for running. So while I still love my Nog Bilby headlamp, or any other lamp you can get, the waist belt light is absolutely a game changer. So I have the Ultra Spire um, version of that. You can just type in Ultra aspire waist belt. I believe theirs is called the Lumen. They have several different models all based around how many lumens it has, but it just clips into a waist belt and it sits wherever you want it to sit, but you don't have to hold your head still to get stable light. What I found is that the second I use that, I realized my head and neck weren't stiff anymore when I run Mm -hmm. because it just keeps a stable beam right in front of you and your waist doesn't rise as much as you think it does when you run i just did a a couple weeks ago a four or five mile tempo on a bike path at night where there could be sticks on the ground leaves and i threw that on there and i was running very hard by the end i was running low five pace uh, with utter confidence because that thing just works i worked for the tennessee mile last year descending very semi-recklessly down technical hills in the woods in the dark and no issues whatsoever so i would say a waste light of some sort the entry level is the uh the ultra aspire lumen that like the two or the 400 i think i have the 600 lumen but uh there are some there are some high high-end waist lights as well but i don't think anyone will ever regret switching to a waist light
1: That's one of my next purchases that I'll be buying here is now the darker months are approaching. I'm going to waste. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your waist doesn't go up and down any more than your head does. Probably less somehow. So it's going to be a nice steady light and you still have your head free to do whatever you need to. Um,
0: And you can rotate it. So you can point it more up or more down, but it's right by your waist. So it's not really throwing your gait off while you do it. And then on like for Tennessee Mile, I paired it with a headlamp but then it's just if I wanted to look somewhere that that took the that took on the burden for that but it relaxed my whole body.
1: I like that one. That's a good one. Um I'm I'm kind of thinking outside of the box here. And this in no way has something to do with the fact that I'm sponsored by this company.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: But I genuinely believe like People are always like, I need to work on my nutrition more. I need to like, I don't eat the best. Or like, I need to make sure I'm the healthiest I can be as an endurance athlete. Because we put a ton of demand on our body. Um, And yes, I'm sponsored by USANA. But they have these health My Health Pack, which is tailored towards the athlete. Um, It's drug and sports certified. They just come in the mail. And you get a morning and a PM packet, an AM and a PM. And it covers everything you would really need as a high-performing endurance athlete. Um, and you don't have to think about it. And there's all us runners are notorious for complaining about our diet or worrying about if we're getting the right micronutrients. And I just think like getting that, like it's a you sign of my health pack, starting somebody with even like a month just to see how they feel on it, how they like it. Um, it's a little outside the box, but like running and nutrition go hand in hand. We talk about it as much as anything else in gear. And it's, it's like, uh, it's an insurance policy that if you're not eating perfectly, or you're under fuel that you're getting at least the building blocks taken care of. So I think it's a really good, good option for your health, for your food conscious, like person in your life. I like that. You sounded my health back. Mm-hmm. They've been very convenient. I enjoy them. We get enough. Just has been taking them as well. And she, uh, she'd been feeling good. So that's one of my like outside it. of the box deals. I mean, anybody can tell you, go buy somebody some spandex or some, like we've done that before. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: So there's a lot we didn't talk about. We didn't talk about specific spandex or shirts or underwear or shoes, but it's not the point of this. It's not what we're using right now. It's what can you easily get someone else? But I think it comes down to one thing at the beginning, Kirk. I think that maybe the single best gift you can get someone is uh, is a gift certificate. And I think I would choose running warehouse. Either the running public training plan or a running warehouse gift certificate. Because then they can just try whatever they want. If I got nothing but that, I'd be a happy man all Christmas. People have a hard time
1: risking 180 to 250 bucks on their first pair of super shoes. They're not willing to spend their own money. Um, it's why I just hesitated because I had other shoes I liked that were a little less expensive, and I want to spend 200 bucks, which was a discounted rate for my first pair of super shoes. Um, and then I got a gift certificate, and it said, "Go buy." I think your thing was go buy your first set of super shoes. I think you made a note yep. on that. Um. People just don't want to pull the trigger and spend that as a risk, not knowing if they're going to like it or not. I think it's the perfect, like not only get a gift if you know, they don't have super shoes or they aren't um, in that camp yet. Like specifically noting like you did was perfect. I went right online and bought them and I haven't looked back since. So I think specifically for that, that uh, runner is a good idea.
0: Yeah. And then that runner who's got an ultra coming up and they need a new pack or they've been wanting to try Morton gel, but it's too expensive or they're thinking about trying a new watch or it's this lets them pull the trigger on that. And then again, yeah. you're the cool aunt or uncle who gave them the right thing that got the job done. And then they think of you every time they use it. That's the kind of gift that you want.
1: I think of you all the time. It's annoying. I see you three times a week. When I wear your shoes. I think of you. Every time I put on a running public shirt, like you're yeah. tied to that, it's just sickening.
0: Underwear?
1: Underwear. When I put on my underwear. Yeah, when I'm standing there buck naked about to put my undies on. This is for bragging. Yeah. Bam! Your face flashes. It's messed up. Did we do it? I think we did it.
0: I'm happy. You happy?
1: I'm pleased. Yeah. I, I didn't want this to be a traditional like, uh, what everybody thinks of. These are a little some, yeah. half of them are outside the box ideas, and these are the, those are the best ones to do as far as gifting things. So,
0: I'm pleased. Well, I'm heading back to bed. All
1: right. You feel better, man.
0: That's all I want for Christmas: that and running warehouse gift certificates.
1: All right. Noted.
0: (laughs) Oh, stop. (laughs) Don't read into it, Kirk.
1: (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you Friday.
0: Happy holidays.